This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait. Belief started in the fourth grade. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude. And I had this nagging feeling. A great belief system. I was capable of so much more. An action every single day. In all the pursuits that we have in our lives, I think there's an element of suffering. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision. Never give up on yourself. That's when greatness happens. The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today we have, i got a good buddy. I've got a fellow co-worker. I've got Greg Mulliken with us. Greg, how you doing? Great. I'm uh, glad to be here with you today, Brett. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you. Uh, Greg and I, we have worked together since I started in this business in 2001. He was actually my mentor. And, uh, and so now we are thankfully getting to work together still to this day. And uh, Greg in our firm specializes in uh, social security planning with his clients. So he does great work. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But uh, Greg, if you could just kind of give us a lay of the land, you know, what, what started social security? Who was the president? Give us a lay of the land on social security. You know, so 1935, Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, enacted the social security program and it's you know, it, it, it uh, you know, it's just designed to really help people through retirement. And uh, today, you know, so many people depend on Social Security. So, it was a great act that was passed at that time. The first recipient was uh, was Ida Mae Fuller. So, in 1940, Ida Mae Fuller started receiving Social Security benefits. She actually paid in. $24.75 into the system. She lived till she was 100 years old and took out 28000 That's so, not a bad deal. No, so I think <laughs> that uh, you know it worked out really well for her. Really, a, a, a fact of, of Ida May, she was actually a classmate of Calvin Coolidge, huh. the past president of the U.S. So, fun fact about Ida May. It is fun fact. So, I mean, how much is paid out annually? Obviously, Greg, we hear it every day with what we do for clients. Um, you know, but I'm I'm sure the people listening to this, they also hear it every day. You know, is Social Security going to be there for me? I mean, that's the question. I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit. But you know, how much is paid out annually in benefits, and how much is collected in payroll taxes? Well, that's a good question because you know we hear that it is an entitlement program, and partly it is, but it's also really an insurance program that we pay into. Because, uh, you know, as employees, we pay in 6.2% of our income up to $128,000 annually, and our employer actually matches that. So you do have 12.4% of the first $128,400. So, so if I can in. interrupt you there, so if, so if a person's making 100 grand just for simple math, so basically 12000 a year between myself and the employer. Is going into the Social Security deal That's every right. year. Yeah, twelve thousand four hundred is going in. So last year, there was nine hundred twenty-two billion dollars paid out uh, in benefits, and uh, total revenue was nine hundred fifty-seven billion dollars. So actually, it was a little bit of a surplus. Uh, you know, the average check is fourteen hundred dollars. Right, so that's what the average person gets is fourteen hundred, 
But uh, there are a lot of discussions about uh, about Social Security, and and daily we're hearing more about it. How long is it going to last? And uh, even though we have a little bit of a surplus now, we will start going the other way very soon unless some things uh, are done. So when can I apply for benefits? And, and obviously not I, but as the fellow listener, somebody that's out there thinking about Social Security, when can I apply for it and when should someone apply for it? Well, at age 62, you become eligible to, uh, to apply for benefits. For most people today, um, age, it's either age 66 or somewhere between 66 and 67. For us, it's age 67. They call it our full retirement age. But at 66 is the age where one can continue to work, make as much money as they want to, and not be penalized. They could receive their full Social Security benefits. If you apply at age 62, you will take about a 25 to 30% reduction from that number that you would have received at 66. And there's also what they call the earnings test. So if you make more than, you know, what it, how it would work is if you're 62 and you start claiming benefits, the first $17,000 that you make, you would not be penalized at all in your Social Security. But everything you make over that, you could lose $1 of benefit for every $2 that you make. Hmm. So for a lot of folks, unless you really need it, we really do, I would say, discourage people in most cases not to do that. And even if they've retired at 62, you really want to look at that and say, is that the best thing for you to do? Because there's so many factors, and we'll talk more in here about spousal benefits and what you, because it, it could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. Um, and, and one can even wait till they're age 70. So if, if, if you're age 66 is when you can start claiming, every year that you wait, you get an 8% raise. Right to age 70. That's so, a big deal. So that's 132% of your age 66 benefit that you would get at age 70, 132%. And so if someone makes it to age 65, right, the average lifespan for a male, you know, we're talking mid 80s. It's like 80, almost 87 years old for females and about 84 for men if you make it to age 65. So that's a long time. Hmm. And so if I hear you correctly, though, if I am 67 or 66, I could continue working. I can make as much money as I want to make, but I could also be getting my Social Security check every single month if I needed it. Yes. Okay. That's correct. Interesting. That's correct. Um, so is Social Security solvent? We just talked about that earlier. I mean, you know, we hear it all the time, whether it's on the radio or, or TV, and you said it is going to go backwards eventually a little bit. There won't be as much surplus. So is it solvent? So the projections um, is that uh, the trustees say that in 2034, that with no changes made, about 79% of benefits that are paid today will be received at that time. So 21% um, haircut really in benefits at that time if nothing is done. So most experts believe that those receiving Social Security today will not have any reduction of benefits, but possibly for, you know, for our children, my kids are in college, you know, and and even younger, that if nothing is done, that their benefits obviously 
will start to uh, uh, be decreased. And even like I said, if nothing's done by 2034, we all would, right? Mm -hmm. but, but, but probably somewhere along those lines, you'll start to see some changes. There's actually some bills. There's always bills that come out, but there are some things out there currently to address this. And actually, there's actually a, a big group of senators that have recently proposed uh, big increases in Social Security benefits because, right, about, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, there is a, there is a fair lot of people in the U.S. that really are living almost in poverty that are living solely on Social Security. So there are some bills out there that address people in their 80s. Maybe we can increase their benefits. Uh, another another place to look is we talked earlier about the first 128,400 you make, you pay benefits on. They're looking at uh, starting maybe at uh, at $250,000 of income. Someone starts paying, uh, continue to pay Social Security taxes. And then for those making over 400000 there's some things in there as well to, you know, to tax them even more. I mean, the thought is, is that, you know, those that are making more would help make the system more solvent going forward. Right. So that's obviously a, a Democrat-Republican issue. Um, there's no doubt that Social Security is just, is, uh, you know, just a major, major factor yeah. for almost all of us. And that's one reason why I like it, because um, it affects all of us, right? We're all eligible at some point uh, to start receiving Social Security benefits. Well, I think, too, and, and I know, Greg, when we started, you know, you started almost 20 years ago, you know, people had pensions, people had Social Security. And I think this is where in our planning, right, that people kind of forget is it used to be two thirds of your retirement income was almost done for you, right? So our parents' generation, all that kind of stuff, if they had a pension, they had social security, there's two thirds, all you need to do is save for a third. But now really nobody has pensions anymore. Obviously there are some, but not a lot of pensions. People are worried about social security. So from a planning standpoint, what are you advising clients for from about saving money because it may not be as much needed? Well, certainly we have to uh, address that. And then, you know, with, uh, uh, I think about my situation, I've, you know, you have, and, and it's the same for all of us, right? We have lots of different things that come up that can prevent one from saving for retirement. You know, you have college, preparing for college. Um, the 529s obviously are great plans towards that. But, but I heard yesterday that, you know, not a lot of people really participate in 529s. That's and I right. think the reason is, because they're, you know, it's do I save for my child's education or do I save for my own retirement? And I think as planners, we believe that saving for our own retirement is probably the best thing to do. So we do that, um, and then and then we end up with some some college uh, responsibilities that we have. But we just try to help people save as much money as they possibly can. Yep to be prepared for retirement, because we don't know what inflation is going to be. We don't know what the rate of return we're going to earn on our investments is going to be. But you know, I think that's where just having a plan and having just a, a good systematic savings plan in place when you get raises, increase your savings. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's too, we talk to clients a lot about, you know, you can always borrow money for college. You can't walk into your local banker and say, hey, I didn't quite save enough money. Can I 
can you loan me some money for retirement, right? That just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So um, are Social Security benefits taxed? Social Security benefits can be taxable. For most people, uh, they will probably be taxed, um, you know, up, up to... There's a formula that's used, but for a lot of people, half of their Social Security benefits will be taxed, or as much as 85% of those benefits will end up uh, be, be taxable income. Yes. Got it. Well, you're with Greg Mulliken, Certified Financial Planner at Visionary Wealth Advisors. Does a great job serving our clients or his clients. And uh, stay with us as we go to a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about you know, do I go to the uh, Social Security office by myself? How does that stuff happen? Um, you know, what do we recommend at the Social Security office? What happens if somebody gets divorced? We're going to have these questions and more with Greg Mulliken when we return. Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. Again, I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today we're in the studio with Greg Mulliken, Certified Financial Planner with Visionary Wealth Advisors. We're talking Social Security. You know, every week we try to bring you a great guest, and a great guest that's going to help you. If you can just take one nugget away from that guest, it's going to help you in your every single day life. And, uh, you know, it's the, it's the attitude, it's the belief system, it's the action that you take every single day that's going to get you results. So we're going to help you a lot on this show with the mindset from some guests. And just like Greg today, we're going to help you with the financial planning side of what it takes to be successful and those circuits of success that we believe here at Visionary Wealth Advisors. So welcome back to the show. And again, we are with Greg Mulliken, Certified Financial Planner with Visionary Wealth Advisors. And Greg, we're going to talk about now is how many people are receiving benefits for Social Security? There's about 62 million people that are currently receiving benefits, and about 10 million of those are coming through disability benefits. So what's that look like? So if somebody's disabled, and you know, you always hear the stories of, I mean, what's what's a typical story, if you even know, a uh, typical story of somebody that's disabled and they can get Social Security benefits now at, say, you know, age 45? Well, an obvious one would be, you know, we think about the things such as like Alzheimer's or ALS, something like that. And so um, that is something that someone at any age could start receiving disability benefits. And um, if those folks actually have children, the children could actually receive some benefits as well. So I, I know of a recent situation of a, of a person that has uh, an Alzheimer's diagnosis and the, the children will, you know, pretty early onset, right? And right. has children under the age of 18. And so um, those children, there's, there's what they call a family maximum. So let's say, for example, the, the person that, uh, the, that, that has been diagnosed, they look at their full retirement age benefit. Let's say that's $2,500 a month. Um, and just to know, so the maximum someone can get today is roughly about $2,800 a month at age, call it 66. That's roughly, right? If we wait till 70, it's higher. But um, the family maximum could be between 150 to 180% of that number. Hmm. So the children, right, would uh, could also be receiving benefits uh, from that disability. Wow. 
So how are those, let's talk about that while we're talking about calculations and stuff. How, how are benefits calculated? So in a case like this, Social Security, if someone passes away or becomes disabled, Social Security assumes that that person lived till like their full retirement age, right? So for example, if a 30-year-old passed away, their spouse, their family would receive benefits really based upon not their earnings record at that time or the years they had paid in, but really they would call them almost fully insured, right? So, so there's, there's not a reduction of benefits, which is a great benefit. Um, to, to families that have been through a tragedy like that. But um, for those that make it to full retirement age, they look at your 35 highest years. So if you have 30 years of earnings, you would have five years of zeros. If you have 40 years of earnings, then it's your highest 35 is how that's calculated. And there's actually three bands that they use to calculate it. And um, so the formula can get a little bit complicated. But um, uh, there's actually three bands. So, for example, if someone was a, a lower earner, maybe earned $15,000 a year or something yep. like that, working maybe part time, they're going to get the they're going to get 90% of that number as that first band. So they, they try to help those that are making a little bit less get a higher percentage of those first dollars that you actually earn. So now uh, we have to go online, right? We used to get the nice white and green little thing in the mail, and that would tell us what we've earned and, and what benefits look like. I mean, so now do you recommend people go online and viewing their Social Security profile? Well, I do, for one, just be so you can look at your earnings record because all that information is there. You can do that at uh, ssa.gov slash myaccount. And if you just go to the Social Security Administration's website, you could you could get there. But I think it is a, a good thing to set up your account. You can always go in there and look at your record, make sure it's correct, and uh, and it'll give you your numbers whether you're if you're living, right? If you passed away, if you became disabled, all those numbers are available. Um, at that site. Got it. So what if now let's turn into the the what ifs, right? So what if uh, what if a spouse never earned an income? Can they receive benefits? It's a, uh, and the answer to that is yes. So, you know, when social in 1935, we had a lot of one family, yeah. you know, one earner per family, right? And today, obviously, that's a lot different. But when the system, when it was set up, they noticed that and said, we don't want to penalize people for staying home or doing charity work or something like that. So, so yes, a. Um, a spout, there are spousal benefits available, um, and that actually works out to 50 per, you can receive 50% of the higher earner's Social Security benefit. For example, right, if someone's, if, if the higher earner is getting $2,000 a month, the secondary earner can get either their benefit or half of that $2,000. So. It. Those benefits are available, and 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 if that, the when the primary earner dies, the secondary earner can then come in and receive that whichever you, you know the rule states that I can either have my benefit or my spouse's right if they pass away, which either whichever one is higher. So that one, so that example of if I'm earning two thousand and my wife's earning a th earning a thousand, I pass. She's going to step up to my two thousand at my passing. That is correct, and that's actually one of the 
the bills that's out there is to address that. So even though it's really it's nice that she could step into your benefit, there still is a thousand dollars a month from the household that's gone. Right. And so one of the bills is to address that to make that and possibly even enhance that benefit. Wow. Wow. So what if I qualify for a survivor benefit and a retirement benefit? And so in that case, right, you could um, you would receive the higher benefit. But there are some strategies out there today as well to where you could, um, you know, if someone has passed away and you're looking at survivor benefits, um, you could possibly uh, start receiving your own benefit, right, and let and let the spousal benefit grow um, to age 66. Or conversely, if your benefit, um, let's say, is higher or lower, you could look at taking the spousal benefit first while letting your benefit grow all the way to age 70, right? So you and you'd actually get those higher credits. Yeah. So that is a situation where uh, in divorce and widow's benefit, where you actually really need to uh, to really work with someone to see what is the best thing because. When someone passes away, you know, you could actually start receiving benefits somewhere between age 60 and 70. And you could be drawing off of your benefit or your spouse's benefit. And you really want to make, and there's great ways that you can look at that and and, and really make sure you don't make a mistake there. Because Social Security, when you go, when you talk to those at Social Security, their job is really to provide information for you and help you get benefits, right? And they may not intentionally give you bad advice, but they're going to tell you what you're entitled to, right? And so I think working with a planner, that's where we can come in. And like, for example, what I do, I, I subscribe to this company called Horse's Mouth, right? And Horse's Mouth is a company that's a great resource fi- for financial advisors. And I subscribe to their Social Security offering. And within this, I have calculators that I use for people that can give them specific, I can run four or five different recommendations and show them on paper what it looks like today and what it could look like later on. So, and that's an area where, you know, the the widow's benefits, the survivor benefits, divorce benefits, all of those types of things, you really want to make sure that... um, you do that properly. Yeah, and I think that's the key, right, is working with a professional, working with a certified financial planner like Greg Mulliken. I mean, that, that's something that here at Visionary Wealth Advisors that, you know, you got questions. You're listening to this today and you say, gosh, I want to learn more about this. Give us a call. Pick up the phone. You can also find us at uh, visionarywealthadvisors.com or anywhere on social media as well. So give us a call. We'll walk you through these analysis and, and help you through that. But uh, next question, and I know, Greg, this is one uh, that you like to talk about because uh, there's some pretty funny stories behind this. But what happens if I get divorced? So what happens when you get divorced? So, so you think about some examples, right? We think about celebrities like maybe Elizabeth Taylor. We think about Johnny Carson, Mickey Rooney. But in our presentation we do, we talk about Johnny Carson and Mickey Rooney, right? These are great examples Uh, Johnny Carson was married four times, but three of them lasted over 10 years, right? So that is something with divorce that in order for you to draw benefit off off of your ex, you need to have been married for at least 10 years. 
So three of these women that Johnny Carson is married to would be eligible for spousal benefits, and that doesn't affect any of the other spouses, right? If 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 you'd been married three, four, five times, all of the ex husbands or wives could be eligible for spousal benefits and it would not affect so if it's three grand it could be three grand three grand three grand for all three ex-spouses that's correct and mickey rooney was actually married eight times eight eight (laughs) times none of them were for 10 years so none of the exes are um, are eligible he actually twice was married the day that his divorce went through so there were a few times (laughs) there a couple times the day that his divorce was final he was remarried they just didn't work out marriage didn't work out wasn't his thing real well for him go ahead and so the the one thing you have to look at with divorce though that's the one that uh you have to be re uh you have to been married 10 years and then if you uh when you do remarry then then that would nullify that uh that 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 benefit from right. your ex. Now, if that first ex would pass away, then it gets a little different that the benefits could become available to you. So that's yeah. where you'd want to work with uh, to make sure you get that correct. But those are also survivor benefits are available for people that have uh, been divorced. So what about going to the actual Social Security office? What do you recommend there? So I've had some good experience. I've been with a few clients to the Social Security office. To, to work through some things and I think that they're knowledgeable again their their job is to provide information um, I recently helped some clients just set some things up online so if you just go to the Social Security website there are places where you can file for benefits online you can file disability benefits online and then you usually get contacted by them and you can help uh, complete your application but the online process works very well also got it so uh now you know some of the things i'm hearing about you know are there benefits for children and spouses of someone who is disabled there are there are and and so we we briefly touched a little bit on that a few minutes ago but but yes you know so if someone's working full-time and they become disabled at age 50 right they have some some younger children they're losing an income right so they're probably you know, financially, it's going to be very difficult for the family. But in Social Security, there, if they qualify, right, it's difficult to qualify for Social Security. But something obvious, such as like ALS, Alzheimer's, something like that, would qualify for benefits, and then the family could get roughly between 150 and 180 percent of that person's full retirement age benefit. I also have heard about the benefits uh, if someone's receiving uh, benefits has a minor child. So that is something that I have encountered a couple times. You know, for example, let's say I have a a 66-year-old person who has a spouse that's, that's possibly younger and a minor child. And so if... The, the, if the 66-year-old decides to go ahead and start taking Social Security, so let's use the age that they're 66 and they're going to start claiming and they receive, let's call it 2900 a month, the family maximum again goes to that 150 to 180% of that number. So in this case, the family maximum is a little bit over 5000 
So what that says is that minor child, let's say the child's 14, and the spouse will eat, will split that extra money. So at 66, the person retires, has a 14-year-old, so he could start receiving 2900 a month, but the family would receive 5000 a month. And so how it works is the child will receive the benefit essentially until they complete high school, age 18 and could go to 19. The spouse is going to receive some of that benefit until the child is 16. So in this case, the, the, the child and the spouse split that extra couple thousand for a few years, and then uh, the child starts receiving a little bit higher benefit until they're, until they're through high school. Got it. Stay with us as we come to uh, come to a quick break. We're going to come back with Greg Mulliken, certified financial planner here at Visionary Wealth Advisors. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host Brett Gilliland. We're going to dive right back into our conversation with Greg Mulliken, certified financial planner with Visionary Wealth Advisors. Uh, you know, Greg, one of the things we talk about, um, but, or you talk about a lot, is the restricted application. Tell us a little bit more about that. So that's something that's the that, uh, last couple of years is fairly new because uh, Social Security did make some changes. The, the file and suspend rule did go away recently, but there is something called a restricted application that um, for those born prior to January 1st of 1954 this restricted application can come into play. So for example, if we have one spouse who's, the spou- they're both 66, let's say, and the, and the, and the first benefit is 2,400 for the higher earner and 2,000 for the secondary earner. Spouse number two can restrict their application. So spouse one files, spouse two can essentially say, you know what, I'm going to delay my benefit. I'm going to start taking a spousal benefit at age 66, and I'm going to let my benefit grow to age 70. So they're essentially what they're calling restricting their application. So what they're going to do is they're going to take $1,200 a month as a spousal benefit because spouse one is getting $2,400, and they're going to let their $2,000 benefit grow to age 70, right, which is going to be about $2,600. So that's called a restricted application, essentially where one spouse files, the other one then starts drawing a spousal benefit to age 70 because they're getting those 8% credits every year. So they're going to get 132% of their benefits. So that's something that's still out there for a few people. That uh, that's key that, when it comes to planning. Oh, it's it's like I say, all of these strategies. And Brett, what I've found is that you know I'll do these, I'll do some seminars sometimes, and I'll walk through this thing. And the message is really wait, right? If you can wait, please wait, because hopefully a lot of us are alive at 80, 85, and 90, and right. we're going to need income. Right. And the longer we delay these benefits, the higher it's going to be, yeah. right? Because Social Security projects about 2%, 2.6% inflation, cost of living going forward. So if you look at that math, I mean, a lot of money out there. So, so we're really looking to, to, to wait. But I always get someone at the end that will say, 
Okay, so you said I could start drawing at 62, right? (laughs) I want the cash. Right, that's correct. Yeah. Even though it doesn't make sense, but so many, we want it now. Yeah. Right, and there's some things that you can look at that said, what if I took all that money and I could invest it and make X percent on my money? Well, those are calculations that, that you can do. We can do those, but... But really, we're not encouraging people right. to take that money early just because the math and the spouse of the survivor benefit is such a big deal, such a big deal. If, if, if I start taking my benefit at 62 and then I pass away, right, and my spouse might inherit my spousal benefit, yeah. you know, it could have been so much greater if I would have waited till I was at least 66 and maybe yeah. 70 yeah. to start doing that. So, Greg, we've obviously worked together for a long time, and uh, I consider you a dear friend, but I think also when I look at you as a, I would say, a very thorough and a very thoughtful financial planner. And why do you think that is? I mean, is that something you just, you know, you, I, you know, knowing your family, just the family values that you were raised with? I mean, why do you think that is, and why do you love doing what we do? Well, this is, uh, I've been doing this about 20 years now, and, um, you know, uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun, right? Meeting people one-on-one, hearing different stories, because every story is different. And, um, you know, I think we're just really advocates for, for people, right? I'm just, I'm someone to help to walk beside, right, our clients, right? And, and a lot of those folks have done a, a great job yeah. of saving through retirement. But I had someone a couple years ago tell me he was retiring and he said I've always done this myself I just he said I just want someone else to care about my money it's it's really that simple I mean we're just there really to help to help facilitate and really to help make sure people make good decisions right and and the market's going to do what the market's going to do right and it's really our job to help them one make sure that they're taking the appropriate risk right that they're comfortable with, but just to help make sure that they don't make bad decisions and hopefully make good decisions. Well, I think a lot of is helping with fear, right? Emotions or greed, whatever that emotion is going to be. I know that's a lot of stuff that we talk to our clients about. Well, it is. And, and, and fear is much, you know, fear is really much stronger, right? Because when the market right. goes down, we hear from our clients a lot more because they're, they're fearful that they're going to to lose a lot of their money that they may never get back. And so it's really our job, really with the market's been great for years. And, uh, you know, we will, it won't always be that way. And so that's really where we, I think we earn our money is when the market does go south. And so we need to make sure we have things in place that we can get through those times. You know, Greg, one of the things I think that uh, is important for other companies to know as well is one of the things that you do is you go out to a lot of companies. I know, heck, you've been to Florida and you've been out east and and done it, but you do a lot of them locally. But if somebody wants you to come in and educate their employees or or just even a group of friends, tell us about that. What do you do? I've found that that is my, my passion. There's a lot of great financial planning information out there. But Social Security is unique, right? Because I said, or it does affect all of us. And so, right, if, if someone wants me to speak at their church, at their company, at their club, um, those are things I like to do, yeah. right? And so I would certainly love that, be willing to do that. Uh, 
love to share the information about Social Security. And, and the company that I use, they have lots of different presentations too. So we can tailor presentations towards couples. We can tailor presentations towards just women. Right. And I love, you know, women are great savers. Some of them are some of my best clients. Right. So yep. the, the, the women's presentation is fantastic to do. So uh, would love to to share the information and, and feel free to reach out if you want that. Um, if you if you'd like for me to come and talk, I'd love to love to do that. Right. So, you know, I said all those nice things about Greg, but I will say that there's probably nobody on earth that I would like to beat more in golf than Greg. Because when we play golf, this guy, I've got so many stories. I mean, the story of the FedEx truck that happened to drive by your ball hits the front tire, bounces back in bounds. You beat me by one. I mean, that doesn't happen. I mean, that just doesn't happen to people. And so it frustrates me because then he also becomes a guy where he'll make at least 450 foot of putts on a day that we play golf. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the FedEx uh, story was I, I hit the ball <laughs> on the 17th hole at Sunset Hills in Edwardsville. It was going out of bounds, and it was a 17th hole against Brett. We had a really tight match. A FedEx truck comes down the road, and the ball hits the truck, and it comes in bounds, and I win the match. And I'll always remember that and savor <laughs> exactly. that, that moment. But I would have to say that I think uh, – I have not beat you in a round of golf in the last three or four times, so I don't know if it's because well, I'm 50 exactly. or what it is, or the putter's exactly. gone cold. But uh, you've definitely, uh, I think you've got my number. And so your passions now, what what is Greg Mulliken, if he had all the time in the world, what, what are you passionate about that you wish you just had more time to do? Well, I think that... Um, you know, I am going to, uh, I'm, I'm doing a trip with another uh, advisor here, Scott Verrigi, we're going to Honduras uh, this coming. Scott's been like three times. Yeah. I've been once. And uh, and that's that's very satisfying to help people just with some basic uh, things in life that they need. Um, you yeah. know, I said, I am 50, right? I've, I have kids in college and, uh, you know, life is, uh, life's moving on. But I do enjoy, I do enjoy the work. You know, I, I think that... Uh, as my clients get older, as I get older, you know, I'm passionate about just helping them, um, you know, make good decisions. And I think Social Security is a big, big part of that. And, um, you know, I'm just I'm just looking forward to the next several years. I have no plans of uh, it's a great career, right? We don't have to really hang it up. Yep. But, um, you know, I'm passionate, uh, you know, just about my faith and uh, my work. And, uh, you know, I think that what you're doing here is, is, is hopefully we can help people. That's right. Well, if you want more information and uh, want to meet Greg or meet myself, again, I'm Brett Gilliland, your host on the Circuit of Success. This is Greg Mulliken, Certified Financial Planner with Visionary Wealth Advisors. Check us out online, visionarywealthadvisors.com. Lots of great information on there. You can also find us on YouTube. You can find us on all social media outlets. Uh, you know, our goal is just to give back to as many people as we possibly can. And so if you're thinking about it and you just and you want that co-pilot, as I was saying earlier, you need that person in your life that you want to be sitting there with you and, uh, and guide you through some of the, really, in my opinion, I'm sure, Greg, you would agree with this, some of the most emotional times of our lives, especially for those getting close to retire. It's a, it's a really big deal 
And uh, that's what we do. That's what we help people with. So thanks for listening to this week's Circuit of Success. Again, we'll be back next week, and we look forward to joining you. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 